0: So we're continuing on in this series of the questions that gnawed us and today about how when we are trying to figure out how are we having healthy boundaries as a Christian, right? Because we all have to deal with those things of where do I draw a boundary when? And yes, it's contextual, but so often, right, it's easy to feel that pressure, to feel the pressure from culture, society, families, friends, kind of pressuring us in to maybe do something we don't want to do. Maybe we don't want to cross something. Maybe we even feel the pressure from ourselves. You know, sometimes we know what the healthy thing to do is, but we don't actually do it because... Right, because well, it's hard, it's difficult, or we try to explain away, kind of make excuses for ourselves. Boundaries are can be very difficult to hold. But what does it mean for us to have healthy boundaries as Christians? And in previous years, throughout, I have talked at different points, looking at Jesus and how he sometimes talks about the different aspects. Where he's like, you know, there are going to be moments where you need to shake the dust off your sandals and go in a totally new direction. Like you need to leave that town behind. Or when he's talking about rest, that he gets a little bit of time. He is so surrounded by people that he still needs rest. And so he draws that boundary, goes and has some quiet time or even the boundary of how he is defined. That he will not be defined by the norms of what they think the Messiah should be like. He's like, no, that's not who I am. Let's back that up. And so to think about those different boundaries throughout the years that we've kind of hit on. Well, today we're going to look at the boundaries that the early Christians are trying to live. We're actually going to go to the book of Acts. And Acts is about the actions of the apostles, hence the name Acts. And we are going to be looking at, okay, so how did the early Christians who are saying, all right, I'm trying to follow the way of Jesus, I'm trying this whole approach, a new way of living, what does it begin to look like to live it out on a day-to-day kind of basis? And how they are struggling with it, how they are, sometimes they've got it down, and sometimes they're doing well, but they always keep finding themselves in situations that are challenging, Like they are dealing with being imprisoned. They are dealing with ridicule. They are handling situations that they can't always escape. And so to think about the boundaries we have to draw, especially with others and with ourselves, when we can't escape, when we can't leave behind, we can't necessarily shake the dust off and go in a new direction. So we're going to look at this story of Peter and John and how they handled drawing boundaries in a really difficult situation. So starting in Acts 4, verses 1 through 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees confronted them. They were incensed. That the apostles were teaching the people and announcing that the resurrection of the dead was happening because of Jesus. They seized Peter and John and put them in prison until the next day. It was already evening. Many who heard the word became believers and their number grew to about 5,000. Alright, so Peter and John are out there, they are talking about the resurrection, and when we think about the resurrection, the resurrection is, God did not abandon us, will not abandon us, death cannot kill God, love, that love of God, that love that comes from God, cannot be stopped. Nothing can stop the love of God, not even death. No amount of pain or destruction, no matter how bad things get, the love of God will not stop flowing. And so they're talking about it. They're also talking in the terms of the resurrection is all about renewal and about seeing the possibilities. All of a sudden being able to go, wait a minute, I don't have to be on this path anymore. I can change course. It is giving them hope. Of a different way of living and being in the world so this the resurrection that they're talking about has this whole lot of power for them in the sense of changing people's lives people who were once told that all they have is fear and pain that's all they can expect out of life are now being told no no no, no love and love is far more powerful than fear love is far more powerful than than any pain or suffering that can happen. Love keeps kind of breaking through because God will not abandon us. And so the people are like, oh, we like this. I want to live this way. That's a totally different way of living and being in the world. And the officials are freaking out. They are freaking out because they Are using control they are using fear they are using power over others to try to control the world around them because they have a a mindset of well this is how the world should work and so we're gonna try to control it in every way that we can and it doesn't matter if people get hurt it does not matter in fact some people we're gonna make sure some people get hurt if they don't do what we want and so that's the officials and Peter and John have this message of love that is very free. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter what these officials say. You are loved by God no matter what. And the people are like, wait a minute, what? That we, we can love no matter what? It's freeing for them. And so thousands followed. And the officials throw Peter and John in jail. They are imprisoned. And it's... Interesting, right? Because Peter and John, we may be like, well, that's a crazy message to get upset about. Like, why even pay attention? But what Peter and John are saying, threaten the officials' power. Threaten the officials' control over the people. And so the officials are like, nope, to prison you shall go. Peter and John cannot control the way people react to their message they cannot control the way people react to love they cannot control how people react to hope and to possibility to injecting and inspiring people in new ways of living and being they can't control that they can only respond continuing on in acts 5, four verses five through nine The next day, the leaders, elders, and the legal experts gathered in Jerusalem, along with Ananias, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and asked, By what power or in what name did you do this? Then Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, answered, Leaders of the people and elders Are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person? A good deed that healed him? So already we're seeing some boundaries drawn by Peter and John with this interaction. They're talking about love. They're like, no, this is what we are living. This is the boundary that we are drawing no matter how you respond around me. And they get thrown in jail. And here now, they're brought before the officials who get named. And these officials are pretty upset. And what's interesting about that, they're like, by what power or what name did you do this? Right? They're accusatory. They want to know, why do you think you have the authority? Why do you think you're good enough to heal someone? Think about that for a moment. You do good? What, why are you doing good? We're the only ones who can do good. And you go, wait a minute, that just sounds like crazy talk. But we do it right when we can't be happy for someone. And maybe we've experienced that where we get a job promotion or we get to a certain achievement and some people can't be happy for us, right? That, that kind of cliche of why can't you just be happy for me? Because they can't control because it's beyond their control. And so we see this boundary here that Peter and John are like, wait a minute, we're all about healing. We're all about the resurrection, about being the people of possibility, about the people of love. But then he draws another one, which is really important. He's, he's inspired, Peter's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So again, we recognize God is with us. And he says, leaders of the people and elders, are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person? A good deed that healed him? And we may be going, okay, so so what kind of boundary is that? Yeah, that they are going to heal no matter what. Peter and John are also drawing the boundary. You don't own us. Dear officials, you do not own us especially you don't own us when we are doing good, when we are trying to be healing and helping to others. And so to kind of think about that, because that goes along with what Jesus did in some of the passages throughout the the Gospels of where Jesus is like, you say that I'm the Messiah. You say, and you have a particular understanding of that, but here's who I am. And so here Peter and John are taking that and going wait a minute, you don't you don't control us not not when we're talking about love not not when we're talking about healing others but they're also drawing something doing something interesting by asking a question which is also very much the way Jesus did notice they're not really accusing them Peter and John, not accusing the officials, but instead they're trying to ask a question that makes them stop and think, wait a minute, do you realize what you're doing? Do you, do you realize what you are asking? And do you understand why that doesn't sound great? And so for ourselves drawing boundaries of going, wait a minute, I need to stop and think a moment. Like, I am all over the place over here, and is what I'm doing, is it healthy for myself and for other people? Am I doing some good? Or is this about some fear or control issue that I've got? It's a moment where Peter and John are living into their situation that they cannot change. They cannot change the official's response to them. Continuing on in Acts 4, 10 through 14. If so, then you and all the people of Israel need to know that this man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He has become the cornerstone Salvation can be found in no one else. Throughout the whole world, no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. The council was caught by surprise by the confidence with which Peter and John spoke. After all, they understood that these apostles were uneducated and inexperienced. They also recognized that they had been followers of Jesus However, since the healed man was standing with Peter and John before their own eyes, they had no rebuttal. So, Peter and John continue on, right? Not only do they ask a question, but then they kind of flesh it out for them of trying to go, wait a minute, let's be real about the situation here. You have a problem with because of the way you guys were acting. This man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene whom you crucified. Peter's like, um, you guys do remember, right? You guys were fearful of this guy who was healing people and he was feeding people and he was trying to be an encouragement and he was trying to tell people there's a different way of living. But because that is so counter to being able to control and use fear and punishment and violence and destruction of life, you guys were like, no, we're going to destroy that. We are going to crucify that good, that wonderful, that love, that hope, and that hope has healed this person in front of all of us. Has healed, and were, you're angry about that. And the officials' response: This is kind of interesting. The officials aren't like, "No, we didn't do that. Wrong people." No, uh, uh-uh. no. Instead, the officials decide, "No, okay, now we're going to attack you." We're going to attack you personally because aren't you inexperienced and uneducated? Who are you to talk to us? The officials are still playing their game. And Peter and John are like, no, we're we're having no part of that. We are drawing a boundary. We are not going to attack you. We're going to be honest about the situation. We're going to be honest about how healing and healthy and good this can be. But we are not going to play your game, oh, officials. No, no, no. And yet the officials try to drag them, try to bait them into it. And Peter and John's response, they're they're just kind of there. They're looking at them. And finally, the officials, they had no rebuttal. The officials have a problem with being healthy. Think about that. The officials have a problem with doing the things that would bring health, not only to themselves, but to the community around them. They are actually opposing that because it's uncomfortable, because that's not how they're used to working. That's not how they're used to being in the world. That's not how they're used to talking. And so they push against that, and here Peter pushes right on back. And then secondly, secondly, Peter reminds them that their way of living consistently ends in somebody dying, consistently ends with being so fearful that they're willing to destroy somebody else's life. And to be able to to say that, Peter says that. Peter pushes against their fear. Peter pushes against the way that they are living and being and continues to invite them into a different way of salvation can be found in no one else throughout the whole world no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved so he's inviting them he's not saying hey all is lost you guys are bottom of the barrel there is no hope No. Nope. Peter is still inviting them, is still encouraging them to make a different choice, which is exactly what Jesus did at every turn. Jesus was constantly challenging and encouraging of saying, you don't have to continue on that. You don't have to continue crucifying people that disagree with you, that threaten your power with love, that threaten your way of living and being in this world with peace that get you out of your comfort zone of control change is possible change is possible and to think about that boundary of saying you know what The resurrection is all about possibilities and renewal. It's all about hope. It's all about love. It's all about healing. And so how do I begin to live into those boundaries of saying, I am going to live healthy. I am going to live in love. I am going to live in encouragement no matter who is standing around me. And I will continue to invite others to be part of that as well that they don't stop inviting. They don't stop calling to. It's always open. That renewal, that health, always possible if we're willing to change, to make the choice, to go down a different path. And then a sense they give. Of course, the council says, right, you're uneducated and inexperienced. and. Peter and John are like, all of us can be part of the healing. All of us. All of us can be part of the healing for ourselves and for someone else. And so the invitation extends. All of us are capable, but are we willing to choose? Verses 15 through 18 after ordering them to wait outside, the council members began to confer with each other. What should we do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem is aware of the sign performed through them. It's obvious to everyone. Obvious to everyone. We can't deny it. To keep it from spreading further among the people, we need to warn them not to speak to anyone in this name. When they called Peter and John back, they demanded that they stop all speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus. So, invitation extended by Peter and John to them. I'm saying, we're, Peter and John, we're not going to live differently, but... But, dear officials, if you want to come join us on this journey of love and healing, please do so. And the officials are like, no, fearful. Like, they actually go further in, except they recognize, they recognize that there are too many people following Peter and John. Too many people are now hopeful because the people had nothing left to lose. They had nothing left to lose, and all that was left was love. All that was left was God's love. And how powerful that is because we can't lose the love of God. And so here the officials show their unhealthiness. They show their toxic, destructive choices that they keep making that not only hurt them. Because who loves living in fear? I mean, really. Like, do we enjoy sitting in our fears? Do we enjoy not being at peace? Do we enjoy being worried about what's going to happen next? No. All of us want to be loved. All of us want peace. But are we willing to make the choice? Are we willing to draw the boundaries, like Peter and John, to have it? The officials are still like, hmm, not going to do it. The officials are still, they're still consumed with controlling the situation, like damage control, right? they got to control the narrative. they got to control the situation to their liking, which is unhealthy for themselves and unhealthy for others because they are so beholden to their fears. And here, Peter and John, their message of flourishing becomes even more powerful. Finishing up in verses 19 through 22, Peter and John responded, it's up to you to determine whether it's right before God to obey you rather than God. As for us, we can't stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. They threatened them further, then released them. Because of public support for Peter and John, they couldn't find a way to punish them. Everyone was praising God for what had happened because the man who had experienced this sign of healing was over 40 years old. Peter and John don't attack. In fact, they continue this kind of questioning, like, do you really realize what you're saying? It's up to you to determine whether it's right before God to obey you rather than God. Right. The officials are drawing the boundary for themselves of being unwilling to change. Peter continues to draw the boundary of we're going to continue to invite you. We're not going to force you because obviously we can't because that's what you do. But instead, continuously invite into this new way of living and being, and that they are not going to change course. That they are going to hold to this boundary of being a healing presence, of being filled with hope, of being that sense of love. Of caring, of peace, of joy with others. And this can be so difficult at times. These are some hard, hard boundaries to actually live out. Healthy boundaries are extraordinarily hard to hold for numerous reasons. And so, here, Peter and John, it's an encouragement constant calling to, just as Jesus keeps calling to us. Does it mean we'll always hold the boundary well, the healthy one well? No. Does it mean we might struggle with some more than others? Absolutely. But the cool thing is that Jesus keeps calling to us, that even the apostles keep calling to us to kind of try, to kind of try to figure out of going, well, you've got to kind of figure out what is right before God. What is it, does it mean to heal? What does it mean to love? Sometimes we may get off course. Sometimes we're going to let our fears kind of get the best of us. But it's, it's okay in the sense of there's always an opportunity for course correction. There's always an opportunity to go a different way. We don't have to remain stuck in our fears, in that path that pulls us down. But instead, we have a constant renewal as Easter people, as people who are focused upon how the resurrection changes our lives. There's a sense of constant renewal, ever working, ever challenging us to have Healthy, healing boundaries, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us. And how we figure out what those boundaries are. How we figure out, well, is this a healthy boundary? Or is it just, I'm making an excuse for what I actually want? It's that sense of, how are we holding on to love and care Encouragement and healing, not just for ourselves but for others, because the message of the resurrection is for everyone, not just for some. And that sense of sharing, of sharing that hope and that renewal, of calling each other back, that as that despair maybe creeps in, as we fear that as we have the fear kind of circulating and holding us down, that instead we hear the voice of Jesus calling to us, of the voices of the apostles calling to us to experience something different, to make a different choice today about the boundaries we will hold for ourselves and with others even when we can't change the situation, when we can't just shake the dust off our sandals and turn a different way, when we can't just get away for a few days and go to the mountaintop and just spend some solitude and time praying, but how will we hold those boundaries in the situation we find ourselves in? How will we hold ourselves to healthy, healing boundaries for our lives and for others? That is the challenge of the story this day, as well as the encouragement and inspiration for what it can look like for you in the way that you live in your everyday kind of moments. Amen.